Amen. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is the first. We have never done this before. We have talked about it. We've thought about it. We've maybe even dreamed a little about it. We've prayed about it, but we never took that step and had this kind of an online streaming presence. So you are part of a first. And yes, we were kind of forced in that direction, but Romans tells us that God uses all things to work out for our good. And we're believing that this is going to work out for somebody's good and that you are listening, watching. I hope you've been encouraged by the band and the praise team. Man, they did a great job. And, uh, and so we want to take the next few minutes and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully encourage your heart. Uh, that is what we are endeavoring to do today. And last week, we actually were supposed to be in the midst of another series. But with everything that has been going on lately, we kind of changed course, changed direction, and we shared a message last Sunday, and at the time thought, it'll just be a brief interruption. Did not realize that we would be into this for quite so long, but for the next little while, at least the next two, maybe even beyond, we're coming to you online, trusting that you'll worship with us, trusting that you'll take the time, make it a consistent thing, but we look forward to the day, and we believe it's going to happen hopefully soon when we will be able to gather again together to be connected in a physical manner, live, in person. But until then, what an awesome thing that we have the opportunity to be connected in this way, and we trust that you will, uh, you'll take advantage of it and maybe even, maybe even invite some people to jump on and be part of this who might feel uneasy about coming to church, but man, they'll do it in the comfort of their own home. So I hope that you are doing that today. I don't know uh, what uh, service you might be joining with us in, but uh, hope that you are uh, ready and tuned in and, and you can take the next few minutes and just kind of lean into what God has to share with you. Even if you find yourself in your pajamas eating pancakes, uh, I hope that you will be able to lean into what God has to share because I think he has something for all of us if we will listen. Last week, when we started this series, uh, started this, again, we were thinking it was just going to be one message, but let me kind of share with you what we talked about last weekend, because it's important. It's an important foundation for us to understand and base this on. Last week, we talked about three things that we look for in seasons like we are experiencing right now. We look for these things in the season that we're experiencing, this, this time of the unknown. Um, we look for these three things. Let me tell you what they are. We, we look for control. We look for control. We live in a control freakish society. We love to be in control. And when we're not in control, then we feel uneasy about that. And so we look for things that we can control. We, we need comfort. We look for control. We need comfort. We need to know that somebody's there. Somebody's bigger, better, greater than us is taking care of this situation. We need that comfort. And then we want to see what's coming. We'd like to know what's around the corner. And so when we're looking for control and, and you're needing comfort and you want to see what's coming, and when all three of those hit at the same time, wow, what do we do? Well, as we talked about last week, we rush out and buy toilet paper. 
because evidently when we buy toilet paper, there is, uh, that's what we can control, right? I can control that. I can get three months worth of toilet paper. I got that under control. For some reason, that actually gives us some sense of security. I'm not sure why, but we'll be able to use the facilities for quite a while here. And, and, and I don't think, though, it helps us to see what's coming. I don't think it does anything there. So we need something more than just stocking up on stuff and watching 24-7 news cycles. And here's where God steps in. And what you find out, and what we talked about last week, is that God is in control. Look up Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 26. God is in control. And he says, hey, if your heavenly father worries about the birds of the air, and he does, then how much more is he concerned about you? God is the source of all comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. He is the source of all comfort. Paul, in fact, in that scripture says, let's praise him because he is the God of all comfort. He didn't invent comfort. He is comfort. And we need that from a bigger and a better source than ourselves. And he provides that. And then finally, God knows what's coming. None of this caught God off guard. He knows what's coming. He knows what's expected. And Psalm 139.16 says that all of your days, he had down in a book. He knew all of this was going to happen. It didn't surprise him. So today, we're going to go in just a slightly different direction. If there is something else that maybe we need as we process all of this, as we go through all of this, I think maybe it's expectation, anticipation, and not of something bad. Expectation that we will get through this. Expectation that better days are ahead. Expectation that the best is yet to come. Expectation that God is preparing his greatest blessing on your behalf. I want you to notice a verse. As Eric said, you can look it up right there in the online portal. They've got a Bible, or maybe you've got yours with you. But check this out. I want you to make sure you see it in black and white for yourself. Psalm 90, verse 17 says this. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. May the favor of the Lord our God rest. Rest on us. You're like, Billy, you really going to preach on favor today? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about the favor of God. Because it exists. It's all around us. It's part of who God is. Psalm 30, verses 4 through 6. Listen to what it says there. Sing the praises of the Lord you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. We've, we've just done that. I hope you've been able to do that a little bit in your house, that you've had just a little bit of praise time there. Maybe, in fact, you, you might have even felt more comfortable singing at home than, than you do when you're in a crowd of people. But it says, sing praises to the Lord. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay 
for the night. If you've got a King James version of the Bible, it says weeping may endure for the night, but (laughs) joy comes in the morning. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You've got to thank God for conjunctions. I don't know about you, but when I was a little kid, I learned more about English on Channel 7, ABC, in between cartoons on Saturday than I did any other place. And they had a conjunction, junction. What's your function? They taught all about the importance of conjunctions. There couldn't be any more important one than right there in that verse. Weeping may stay for the night. But, (laughs) joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. That's the favor of God. And and let me share with you today just three quick points in how how we we can be part of God's favor. In fact, how we are already part of God's favor. First one is this. The peace of God's favor. The peace that is the favor of God. Numbers chapter 6 verse 26 says, may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Are you looking for peace in these difficult days, in these troubled times where everything seems to be changing all around you? Are you looking for peace? This scripture says, may the Lord show you favor by giving you his peace. You say, well, Billy, that's, that's an Old Testament scripture, and uh, I don't know a lot about the Bible, but I'm thinking Old Testament, children of Israel, probably doesn't apply to me. Let me share with you something else. John chapter 16, verse 33, and this is Jesus talking. Did you know, in fact, I mean, we're getting ready. Just a few weeks down the road is Easter, and of course, just prior to Easter is the crucifixion and Good Friday. Just prior to that is what a lot of people call the Last Supper, a meal that Jesus had with his disciples. But it was so much more than just a meal. It was so much more even than just an example that he gave to us in in sharing in communion. He talked to them at length, and he covered so much of the ground that had been covered in the previous three years. He was getting them prepared. And listen to what he says to them. He knows what is about to take place. They don't. But listen to what he says. John chapter 16, verse 33. Are you there yet? I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now let me stop right there for just a minute. Is there any chance that you are looking for peace in all the wrong places. I know that's not the name of the song, right? (laughs) Looking for love and all. Looking for peace. Is it possible you're looking for peace in all of the wrong spots? You're trying to find peace. You are looking for any kernel, any nugget of positivity that you can get on the news, and they're just not delivering it. Jesus says, I've told you this so that in me you may have peace. 
in this world, this is him still talking now, you will have trouble. You'd agree with that, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you agree with that statement? Worldwide, this is happening. And so often, doesn't it seem that our nation, we, we keep all that kind of stuff at bay. And what happens half a world of way, well, we don't have to worry about that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Do you need a, a southern vernacular to understand that? All y'all going to have trouble. Nobody is going to avoid trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Here comes that conjunction again. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have difficulty. You will have discouragement. You will even have depression. You will have divorce. You will have kids that are moving in the wrong direction and not the way you brought them up or taught them. You will have crime. You will have pain. You will have suffering. You will have pandemics. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He says, I've overcome all of that. And if you would put your faith and your trust in me, even in the midst of that, I'll give you peace. When you go back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter 6, you come to a story that even if you haven't been in church maybe for a while or you weren't raised in church, you've probably heard of a guy named Noah. And Noah's ark. And the story says that God was displeased with a disobedient world. And so he was ready to start over. And he says in verse 7 of Genesis 6, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, I'm going to destroy every living thing, all the people. I'm sorry I ever made them. Oh, where do you go from that? Verse 9, but Noah found Favor with the Lord. Noah found favor with the Lord. Listen, God provides the favor of his peace even when peace is hard to find. Let me say that to you again. God provides the favor of his peace even when peace is hard to find. Let me give you another one. The presence of God's favor. There is the peace that only comes from God, that only Jesus can supply, but then there is a presence that God gives to us. And favor is found in that presence. Again, when you go to the Old Testament and you read the story of a guy named Moses, and God chose Moses to lead his children, the Israelites, out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt. And he was to lead them to the promised land. And he followed God's plan. He followed God's guidance. Sometimes he did it with a bit of hesitancy, but he did it. And, and sure enough, God led them out of Egypt. 
not only led them out of Egypt, but he destroyed the Egyptian army. They, they were not able to follow after the Israelites. So they no longer needed to look into the past. They could look to the future. But Moses, Moses meets with God. And I want you to notice what he says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, look, you have told me, lead this people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if indeed I have found favor in your sight, please teach me your ways, and I will know you and will find favor in your sight. Now, consider that this nation is your people. And then he, God, replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished from this, from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. The favor of the presence of God. Favor happens a lot of times, let's be honest. Favor happens because of who you know and who you're with. You've heard that phrase before. In fact, sometimes you've heard it till you were sick of hearing it. It's all in who you know. In fact, have you ever used or, or, or have you ever been able to use the phrase, you know, well, when you get there, tell them that so-and-so. You get to the front, you ask for Gilbert and tell them Bobby Joe sent you. I don't know why I just did that in that vernacular, but you'll have to just go with me. Isn't it good to know someone? Or maybe you've been the person to know and you've been able to send somebody where they needed to go and said, use my name. Use my name. There's nothing wrong with a, a favor and a good deal. And the favor of knowing someone, knowing someone who knows someone or knowing someone who knows something. There was a huge convention that I went to a number of years ago, and uh, my mom actually took me the first time I went, and it was in Indianapolis. It was called the Praise Gathering, and it was a pretty big deal. There were probably 12, 13,000 people there, and all of these Christian musicians, I mean, these, these people that I love to listen to and emulate, and my mom said, we need to go, and she had some friends who bought tickets, and so we bought tickets from them, and we got to the Indianapolis Convention Center, and we sat way up in the bleachers, up near the top. It was an enjoyable experience. We, we, we loved it, and the next year, we did it again. We'd stay at a hotel, and, and we'd wind up staying kind of far out from the convention center, so you'd have to drive in, you know, early and try to find parking and pay for parking. One year, my dad had the Gaithers, into the Detroit area for a concert. And he and mom went out with Bill and Gloria Gaither. And mom 
told them that she had been coming to the praise gathering. They didn't know that. And Bill asked my dad if he had gone. Dad said, nope. Bill said, you're going this year. And I'll have tickets for you at the door when you get there. The summer came and we got a form in the mail. And it said, please don't send this to anyone else. But if you fill out this form right now, you'll get the hotel of your choice. We wound up staying at a hotel right across the street. You didn't have to get there early. You didn't have to park. Walked in with dad and dad went up to get his tickets. And he got the tickets. And we went to the usher, and they took us down to the fifth row from the stage. Had nothing to do with me, or my wife, or any of the people that went with us. It had everything to do with the fact that Dad knew the guy who was putting it on. It was all with who you know. I'm fortunate enough that I've I've had somebody that worked at Detroit's airport, worked for an airline, and Lori and I have been able to sit a couple times in first class, not because we paid for the ticket, we just knew somebody. I have a dear friend who every once in a while has called up and said, hey, how would you like to go to a Tiger game? How would you like to go to a concert? How about seeing the Red Wings with me? And Lori and I would go and we have found ourselves in the suite at Comerica Park and in a suite at Little Caesars Arena on a few occasions, not because we could afford the ticket, not because of anything we had done, all because of somebody we knew. Now catch this. As much as I love my dad, as much as I love that dear friend of mine, as much as I love the people who have helped me, can you imagine? They're just people. Can you imagine when you're able to say, hey, God sent me. He's going with me. He knows me by name. There's some, there's some power in who you know. And you want to know when you move that into the New Testament, you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. They know me and I know them by name. Today, the presence of God, no matter where you go or where you stay, <laughs> where you have to hunker down, God's with you. His presence goes before you. Isn't it awesome to be able to use his name? Favor happens because of who you know and who you're with. You know, I'm in an empty, basically, auditorium speaking to you. I can't wait till it's filled again, but I am reminded, even in the emptiness of this place, what God did to get us here. This journey began a long time ago, nearly 10 years, actually more than that, like 11 or 12, 
and a conversation that I had with Lori and a building that had come up for sale and, and our people decided to step out in faith and let's sell our building. We put it up for sale. We found a piece of property, a building that we liked. Thought, yep, this is, this is the one that God has for us. Prayed for it, sought after it. It was going to be about $800,000. There was no work done on the inside. We were going to have to spend a lot. And we soon realized it's probably not the one that he has in mind. We found another one. We had put our building up for sale, and we were waiting for somebody to buy that. But in the process, of course, looking for where our next home would be, we found the building. We found the land. It was so much bigger, so much better than what we had. This must be the one. Put a deposit down. But it wasn't the one. Instead, somehow, some way, even after putting a deposit down on it, it, it made its way to someone else, and we, we didn't get it. So then we thought, okay, well, he must want us to stay here. Our church spent $3,000 to have a company come out and give us a set of plans and a design on what we could do just with the property we had. Less than an acre, 10,000 square feet. I remember the day they sent those plans. And I remember looking at the cost. And I just thought, this can't be. Finally, we sold our building. We wound up in a, in a situation that God definitely opened the door for. But it was also not home. And we kept looking. And finally, God led us to a building and a piece of property. It needed a lot of work. But somehow he gave to our people a vision for what could be. And now every time I walk in here, I realize if it had been up to me, <laughs> there's three other options I would have chosen, and I'd have missed out. I'd have missed out on what God had for us here. And the amazing thing is, it is twice as much property and twice as much building and basically the same price. There's only one who could have made that happen. And that's God himself. And he was walking with us every step of that journey. And there were times, there were times when I just kind of wished that we could go back to an old church and an old property. It would feel more comfortable. It would be easier. But God had something greater in store and he was taking us step by step through it so we could get to that place. And can I tell you something? I do not think for one minute that God's done everything he's going to do in this place. He's got so much more in store. And we just have to be patient even in this process. As we wait on him, but rest in the fact that he is with us. The presence of God. You want to know the last thing that Jesus told his disciples? Matthew chapter 28 he said, be sure of this, I am with you always. I know you're in the comfort of your own home or 
somewhere where you're watching us online, but would you just say the word always together with me? Ready? Always. He's not with you part of the time, some of the time, always. And then finally, the last point is this. The passion of God's favor. The peace, the presence, both of those things are the favor of God in our lives. But there's a passion that he has. And that passion is actually the favor of God. Notice Psalm 31, 16, it says this, let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Another verse in the psalm, chapter 69, verse 13 says, I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Can I tell you something? The passion of God's favor, it's you. You are the passion of his favor. You are the passion of his heart. You are the purpose for which he came. A verse that I'm sure you are familiar with, even if you maybe didn't go to church, you've probably heard or seen a sign, some guy standing behind the end zone and the uprights with a sign that said John 3.16. You know what that verse says? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now they usually don't have verse 17, but man is it a good one. Listen to what it continues to say. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God sent his son. You want to know why? Because he wanted to have a relationship with you. He wanted his presence and his peace to be part of your life. And the passion of his favor was you. And so he sent his son to die on a cross so that we could know the forgiveness of our sin, the forgiveness of our past, and know his salvation Know that he lives in us. Know his peace and his presence. Know in a real way his love for us. And I'm sure that there are some of you who are saying, Billy, you really think we're living in a time of God's favor? I mean, Billy, have you seen the news? Do you, do you know where we're at? Or do you just kind of live in a bubble? No. I know where you're at. Some of you are, you're facing unemployment. You're facing not having a job. You're facing getting laid off. We get that. That happened to my wife this week. 
Some of you are concerned about this sickness, this illness, this pandemic. You might even have somebody that you love who's getting tested, who's going through it. They're ill. They haven't had a chance to get a test, and you are worried, and you are concerned, and you'd say, Billy, do you, do you even get that? Yeah, I get that. Our oldest daughter's in Nashville, and she tested positive for coronavirus. I get that. But can I tell you something else? I also get the fact that somehow, some way, God is in control of all this. Somehow, some way, God is out front of all this. And I believe with all my heart that God doesn't just know us, He knows us by name. And His desire is for His peace and His presence and His passion to be ours, even in the midst of difficulty. Because the psalmist says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The favor of God doesn't come by obeying rules and regulations. The favor of God comes by establishing a relationship. And it's a relationship with Jesus. That's why he came. Not so you could follow all kinds of rules. What did that verse just say after John 3.16? He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, to judge the world, but to save the world. You want to know the first thing that Jesus shared from Scripture? Luke chapter 4, verse 17. They handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah to him. They wanted him to do scripture reading in the synagogue that day, and he unrolled it, and he found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll. Can you picture it? Jesus gets done reading this and he rolls up the scroll and he sits down on the stool. And all eyes, it says, all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And then he spoke to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. The favor of God is found in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And you can know him today. Would you bow your heads together with me in prayer? Wherever you might be right now, I'm going to ask that you just take a moment and think about your relationship with God. Has there ever been that moment when you have said yes to Jesus Christ? When you've invited him to come into your heart and to be your savior. I'm not asking if you've ever gone to church. I'm not asking if you have a Bible in your house. I'm not asking about your mom or your dad. I'm, I'm asking about you. Has there ever been a moment when you have accepted God's free gift of salvation into your heart and life as your own? You can do that right now, right where you are seated.
And if that's what you want, if you want to know today that Christ lives in you, if you want to know that your sins are forgiven, you want to know that you walk with him, you want to know his presence and his peace and his passion in your life, then I want to invite you to simply pray this prayer in your heart after me. Now, there's nothing special about the prayer. You can pray your own prayer if you'd like, but maybe today you need a little guidance. And if so, then let me offer it to you. Simply say, Lord Jesus, I do believe that you love me. And I do believe you came and died and rose again for me. Come into my heart. Forgive my sin and save me. I make you the Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer today, then we believe you were born again. We believe that you have established a new relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and we would love to know about that. We cannot connect with you physically right now, but we'd still love to connect online. And, and actually, there's a place on the screen where you're watching where you can just click a button that says, Today, I accepted Christ as my Savior. Would you do us a favor and just click that? Let us know. If for no other reason, then we want to be praying for you. And Eric's going to give you some information as we close here that will enable you to reach out and we can communicate with you even more. And if you'd like us to send you some material, we will. But click that button. Let us know that today you responded. You invited Christ into your heart. And know that we love you and we're glad you've been part of our service today. I would encourage you. We're going we're to keep this going next week. I hope that you will set aside time, 9, 11, or 7 p.m. on Sunday, and join with us again as we continue through this series. We are praying for you. We are believing God's best for you, even in these days. And we know that on the other side of this, the favor of God will be ours to enjoy. I have to give you one more word as we close today. And that is that normally on any Sunday service, we of course take an offering. The ministry of Calvary survives by the giving of God's people. And we're fortunate enough to be able to offer that opportunity online. And so we would encourage you to please take advantage of that. And just click that button again that's on your screen that would allow you to share with us. Many of you, especially if you are a part of our fellowship at Calvary, you know how to make that happen, and, and you already have things set up so that you can continue to give. We ask you to, to do that on a consistent basis. We're still believing that God has great things on the other side of this for our church, and we got to maintain our ministry as we move forward here. So we trust that you will continue to give, even though you're not here. Share with us and, uh, and be part of what God is doing, and thank you for tuning in today.